Welcome to Doatan. I'm Oliver Slow. This week, Doatan speaks to the families of Walon and Josa U, the two Reuters journalists sentenced to seven years in prison early this month under the country's official Secrets Act. The two men have been held in insane prison since last December, and their wives speak about how the detention has impacted their lives, and in particular their two young daughters. Here's the full story. Every night, Panimon prays in front of the Buddha image in her home, hoping that her husband, Reuters journalist Walon, will come home. Our daughter is so young. I want my family to be together. Walon is yet to meet his daughter, Tetar Angel, who was born in August. Since December last year, Walon and his colleague Cho Sao have been held in Yangon's infamous insane prison on what most observers agree are trumped-up charges. Pani Mon said her daughter is still too young to be taken on prison visits. On the night of December 12, a Tuesday, Walon and Chosa U travelled to a suburb in northern Yangon for what they believe was a meeting with an officer in the police force's Battalion 8. In the weeks prior to the meeting, the pair had been investigating the battalion, in particular what role its members had played in the killing of 10 Rohingya men at Indian, a village in northern Rakhine state, at the height of the military's brutal crackdown there last year. Reuters published the story in February, an explosive account that describes how security forces and local Rakhine were involved in the killings. Walon and Chosa'u say they met the policeman at a nearby restaurant. Towards the end of the meeting, Walon said he was handed a copy of the state-run Myanmar Alin, with some documents rolled up inside. He said that as the pair left the restaurant, they were surrounded by men in civilian clothing who said the papers they were holding were secret documents. The prosecution has a different version of events. It maintains that the two reporters were picked up during a routine patrol at a checkpoint where the documents were found on them. On more than one occasion, though, the prosecution's case has struggled to stand up in court. In February, an arresting officer said he burned his notes at the time of the arrest, but couldn't explain why. Then weeks later, a civilian witness for the prosecution read notes on his hand when asked where the journalists had been arrested. He said he needed it because he was forgetful. But the most explosive testimony came in April, when prosecution witness police captain Mo Yan Nang told the court the senior officer had given orders to entrap Walon by giving him secret documents before arresting him. Shortly after, Mo Yan Nang was sentenced to a year in prison for violating police procedures. In his own testimony, Walon said their interrogation had focused on the reporting of the Indian killings and not the documents they are accused of obtaining. Despite all of this, in early September, the judge at Insane Court found the pair guilty under the Official Secrets Act and sentenced them to seven years in prison. In his ruling, the judge said the reporters had violated journalistic ethics by using state secrets that could have been useful to enemies of the state and terrorist organisations. As they emerged from court, the pair remained defiant. Walon said he and his colleagues had never broken journalistic ethics. We know we did nothing wrong. I have no fear. I believe in justice, democracy and freedom. As they were bundled into a police van, 
An angry crowd of supporters surrounded it, beating on the bonnet and shouting for the reporters to be allowed to speak. As the van left the court compound and wound its way back to insane prison, both Walone and Chosu smiled and gave a big thumbs up. The case has garnered significant publicity both inside and outside the country. Each court appearance has seen dozens of journalists huddled outside, hoping to pick up snippets of the latest development. The day after the sentencing, about 100 journalists packed into Yangon Hotel to hear reaction from Pani Mon and Chitsu Win, the wife of Chosa U. In an emotional press conference, the women spoke of their disappointment at the sentence and urged State Councillor Do Aung San Suu Kyi to press for a presidential pardon. Speaking to Doa Tan last week, Pani Mon said she wanted to see her husband back alongside his peers, reporting on important matters in his country's development. I want them to be released as soon as possible. That's all I want to say. I can't say anything else because I'm worried I'll make a mistake. Pani Mon said that since her husband was arrested, she has received some hateful messages online and had her Facebook page hacked. I was very sorry to know that because I only upload simple things. When I was together with him, he uploaded some photos of us together. I uploaded posts of us teasing each other. Now, I share news related to my husband. I talk about my feelings, that's all. Aside from the vitriol though, there has been support for the reporters inside the country, both in the digital and physical world. On September 16, a few dozen protesters held a demonstration in downtown Yangon, calling for the pair's release and for the public's right to information. Demonstrators held signs, one which read, a massacre is not a state secret, referencing the killings at Indian. Other signs read, publishing correct news is not a crime, and if press freedom is shut down, democracy fails. Like Walone, Chosa U has a young daughter. Three-year-old Mo Tin Wai Zin has perhaps been the star of this sorry saga, waiting patiently outside the court at each hearing for a glimpse of her dad. Unlike Pani Mon, Chosu's wife, Chitsu Win, is waiting desperately for her family to be reunited. She doesn't really know what's happening, but she knows she cannot live with her father, told her not to cry when her father comes to court, and she tries really hard not to cry. I'm worried she might have developed some trauma. Chitsu Win said that during a break on the day of the sentencing, the pair's daughter had told police officers to release her father because she wanted to go on a bike ride with him. Sometimes I can't answer her questions. She asked me why her father doesn't live with us and why he doesn't love her. But I have to lie to her and say her father is employed at the court and he's working there to buy her snacks and beautiful dresses. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Doa Tan. This program was put together this week by Zani and Oliver Slow. You can read the above-mentioned news 
and other interesting articles via Frontier Myanmar's website and Facebook pages. Please stay tuned for next Wednesday's episode and visit the Doatan Facebook page. This project to support human rights reporting is a partnership between Frontier Myanmar and Foundation Nirondale, funded by the Embassy of the Netherlands in Myanmar. Thanks for staying with us while broadcasting, and have a nice day. Thank you.